Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, I speak with Michael Teixeira of Mystic Grove Oils Wellness Center in Mebbin, North Carolina. Michael discusses his belief in the healing effects of Reiki energy. So let's speak now with Michael Teixeira. To view the full video of this interview, please visit beingreasonableshow.com. <laughs> so uh, you had some time to think about this. Uh, do you happen to have a belief you wish to discuss? Probably why, why I believe that Reiki energy healing works. Why Reiki energy healing works. works. What? Right. And well, why, is what my, why I believe it works. Yeah. You know. And by Reiki energy healing, what do we mean? It's the practice, the, the, the just a little bit of background. Back in the uh, early 1920s, uh, Dr. Mikao, Mikao Yasui, who was a former samurai warrior in Japan and then became a medical doctor, he went to on uh, a retreat, a spiritual retreat, and he fasted for 22 days approximately. Okay. And then according to his journal, after the 22nd day, he felt this influx of, he only had was water. He didn't eat anything for those 22 days. So they say it, it was del- delirious, it got, became delirious, or according to the, the reports, or it really happened. But he says he felt this energy enter okay. his body, and okay. he was reinvigorated. He felt as refreshed as day one when he first started. And he saw five symbols and, and was instructed, a voice instructed him to memorize those symbols and use them to place them onto people's bodies at certain places on the body to uh, facilitate healing. So he went on to teach 60 masters. The third came to the United States and started the practice here. Um, and according to legend or lore, he healed somewhere between 2,000 to 6,000 people in Japan. Most all of them uh, post-World War I victims. Interesting. And stuff. So it's the, the, the Reiki, Reiki healing is the transfer of energy. Well, what I call it, it's, you know, whatever people call it, God, the source, whatever. It's, I'm not doing the work. It's just transferring that energy, channeling that energy through me to the person. And whatever that person needs is what's going to happen. It's out of my control. You know, I just offer an intention. They might go, oh, I got a migraine. I suffer from migraines. Okay, well, we'll set that as your intention. So on a scale from one to seven, Mm -hmm. how confident are you that this belief is true? From my perspective, I would Mm -hmm. say seven. And on a scale from one to seven... How important is it for you to believe in true things? 
Hmm, how important is it for me to believe in true things? Things that are true and real. I'd say probably three. Okay. In other words, there are some things that I may believe that I can't necessarily prove. So therefore, I can't say they're true as far as to me, personally. I don't understand. You know, I won't, I won't, <clears throat> I can't, I can't personally say that that is my truth because I, you know, I, like many of your guests that you probably have interviewed, it's a very subjective uh, idea. So what's true for me may not be true for someone else or it may, but then how, how do we decide what's true and what we believe is true it's very um, empirical, but it's, it's very, very subjective. Is there such thing as a universal objective truth? I think that there is, but not everyone or every, not every organization or let's, let's go, for example, with religious beliefs. I personally believe that Every religion has a piece of the truth, but none of them have the entire truth. Okay. And so when you combine the truths of everything together, then you're closer to a universal truth. Well, in the case of Reiki energy, is that energy that's healing people, is that a, the fact that that works, is that a universal objective truth or is that in the subjective opinion? For me, personally, I would say it's the universal truth from what I've seen. I'm just a little confused. So you said, for me, personally, it's a universal objective truth. Right. And the reason I say... So when I hear that, I'm, what I hear is, it is my opinion that it is an objective truth. But regardless of your opinion, is it true? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, let me shed some light on why I why I said that. Okay. Are you familiar with the uh, J.B. Ryan Institute in mm-hmm. Durham? No. Okay. Well, um, J.B. Ryan, um, he was a um, botanist mm-hmm. in the early 1920s. And in 1930, he developed the scientific field of parapsychology, where he decided that he wanted to take a scientific approach and prove whether or not things that are quote-unquote paranormal, such as energy healing, right, um, really are true and really exist. Okay. And so he started a, a, a group at Duke University, and actually Duke University had a degreed program in parapsychology for a long time, and he led that group. Um, since then, uh, he passed away, of course, and, and the, the group separated from the university. So now they're a standalone organization. Right. But to this day, they are still conducting research into biofield energies and whether or not they really exist. So they're trying to find scientific proof. And one of the things they're doing is they're actually taking energy healers or Reiki masters. Okay. And they're placing them in one room and they're taking a participant and placing them in, in another room, isolated mm-hmm. from each other, no visual contact. You don't know who they are. 
and they have this machine that measures photons that are transmitted, photons of light. Mm -hmm. And so what they've observed, and th this research has been going on now for 10 years, and there's still, it's still an ongoing research project. But what they found is that if, if a person truly has the ability of a Reiki practitioner, okay. then what they've observed is that photons of light will emit from the practitioner, travel through the air, through the wall, to the participant, the recipient on the other room. Okay. And in some cases, people who claim to have the ability attempt it and nothing happens. So that's why I say from, you know, I... I so sometimes people have the ability, sometimes people don't have the ability, right. and it's hard to predict who has the ability and who exactly. doesn't have the right. ability to do this. Right. So that's why I feel like from, that's why I kind of, I say, yeah, for me, it, it, I believe it is universally true, but it's not something that, it's not universal in that not it's apparently from the data that's been collected so far, it appears that it's not universally true that everyone can do it. Now, is that why you believe that Reiki works? No, my, my belief that it works is much more subjective. Um, I am a scientist by, by background and I've always been, I've, I've been a biologist. I've been a chemist. Um, I now work in the pharmaceutical industry, fixing things and, and calibrating equipment. But my passion has always been to take this and, and do something with it. I've always had a nagging call for it. So the reason I believe it works is when, like I said, when my mother, uh, when she was alive and she was sick, she was ill, she suffered from migraines quite often. And I saw a cousin of mine do the same thing. He would lay his hands on her and the pain would go away. I had no idea what he was doing. So like a good lemming, I just mimicked what he was doing and <laughs> tried it myself. And amazingly enough, it worked. Now, was it a placebo effect? I can't say. But I've seen with her through the years as I kept working with her, I kept seeing the beneficial outcomes of it. So the primary reason why you believe the belief is that your personal experience with your mom mm -hmm. in the fact that when you, I guess, lay hands mm -hmm. on her, mm -hmm. that whatever ailment she has, such as migraine, seems to improve. Exactly. Is personal experience a good way to know whether something is reliably true? I honestly believe that it's probably, well, aside from, us, you know, aside from what the Ryan Institute is doing, I think that it's probably the only way to know if it is true for an individual. Because not everyone, not every individual, every individual has different truths. So what I, my beliefs and what I believe is true can be very different from yours. Well, for example, there are chickens running around my backyard. Right. You don't know how many chickens there are. I don't know how many chickens there are, but they're, could it be said a truth there mm -hmm. that there is a certain number of chickens or there's either an even or odd number of chickens? And it doesn't matter what I believe and what doesn't matter what you believe mm -hmm. that there is something that is objectively true. Is that, would you agree I, with that? I, I, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. 
Yeah, it's true. The, the truth would be that there are chickens present. So wouldn't the question is, we don't know how many. We don't. Right. But the fact that we don't know, does that matter to the answer? Using the analogy of the chickens, I would say the fact that we don't, uh, let me rephrase that, that we don't know the quantity. Yeah, do we don't know whether there's an even or odd number of chickens. Does that, matter, that matter to, the, to, the, to what the, the answer is, right? to what is out there right now? Right. I would say no. So I'm trying to understand when you're talking about we all have personal truths the way I'm understanding that, and please tell me, please correct me if I'm not understanding what you're saying, is that you could believe that there is an even number of chickens, that's your personal truth, and I could believe that there is an odd number of chickens, and that's a personal truth, and both could be true. Is that, are you not, you're saying something different than that? No, that's, yeah. Well, you are saying I think that. that's, yeah, I think that's, that's a good understanding. So in Reiki energy, does it matter what you believe or does it matter what I believe? Is there a universal truth there, whether there's something called Reiki energy and this energy affects the health of people? Um, I would say that I don't, I don't think it matters if you believe in it or not. Yeah. Um, as a practitioner, of course, I wouldn't have gone into it if I didn't believe that it worked. Um, but as a recipient yourself, uh, the recipient can either believe or not believe that it's real, that the, that the transfer of energy and healing will occur. Um, if, so if it, what, the one thing that I have noticed, and again, it could be a, a placebo effect, is that if the person does believe, something will manifest easier than somebody who comes in and doesn't believe. So I think there is a part, a little bit of a placebo effect that may play into the whole role um, as far as the recipient is concerned. If Tommy is sitting next to you and Tommy, for whatever reason, he has a belief that raking energy doesn't work. He thinks whatever does happen, it's all placebo. That's what, right. that's what he thinks. Mm -hmm. And you think that it's the energy. I'm a third party. I just want to know what's true. I want to know what I want to know what's real. How could I find out whether Reiki energy works because it's a placebo, or it works because of this universal life force energy that you're speaking of? As a third party participant, observing it. How could I find out? I would say you probably wouldn't be able to unless you were the recipient yourself. What about me being a recipient? allows me to know if it is true or not in a universal objective sense. Again, it would be you as the, you as the participant mm -hmm. in the session. It would be again, like everybody else probably you've heard before and it's subjectively, you would know if something manifested itself. If you, if you came for a particular reason and that, ailments became got better or not but could i have received benefit from the ailment in it because it was a placebo effect for me i mean uh if you could have gotten 
if you could have achieved a quote unquote healing, I don't like, I like using that word, but a quote unquote healing and and it could be a placebo effect. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. If it could be, we don't know for sure. Right. So I'm trying to know how do we know that it is a real universal objective truth? I mean, how, if I'm a third par- party and Tommy says it's a placebo and you're saying it's the universal life force energy, and I want to know what's true and real. And if it's, if it's a true belief, I'd like to believe it. And if it's not a true belief, I'd like to believe something else. Right. I just want to know what's true. Right. Unfortunately, in these things, unfortunately, in a lot of this, there aren't any scientific ways to measure the truth or come up with a hypothesis to prove or disprove the hypothesis, except for what? When we were just saying that as a third party observer, I'm going back to the Rhine Institute, what they're doing. Yeah. So there you can be a third party participant and you're looking at the study that's being conducted has nothing to do with whether or not the person is healed. It is completely just measuring scientifically photons being emitted from one person to another. So that is from your standpoint, wanting to come at from that point of view, that would be the only way to measure whether or not it's a placebo effect or if it's real. As a third-party individual with no scientific equipment or data to prove, then there really is no way for you to objectively or concretely know whether or not it's a placebo or if it's actually a transmission of energy between one person and the other. Yeah, I didn't bring up the study because I asked you the primary reason why you believed the belief and you were discussing your mother. Right. Are you telling me that the study is the primary reason why you believe the belief, or is it? No. Oh, okay. No, it's yeah. it. I it's then I didn't even know about that study until about two years ago. Right. So it was you know. So prior, regardless of what happened with the study, right. you still believe it was. Belief. Yeah, it was just prior uh, personal experience. Well, let me ask you this: If, and I'm not saying this is the case, but your mom, if she continued to receive Reiki from you, and let's say she'd received 10 treatments and she'd received 20 treatments and 30, just 30 treatments over the next 30 days. And for whatever reason, she showed no difference, no improvement in headaches or no alleviation in her symptoms. Would you have less confidence in your belief about Reiki or would you still believe it? It's ironic you say that because that's exactly what happened in the end. Oh. Despite all my efforts to, to heal her of her pancreatic cancer, she still passed away. Well, I'm so very sorry about that. No, you're uh, fine. Yeah. But so what happened at that point, my belief in the Reiki, in Reiki healing didn't change. I just became, I just shut down. Hmm. You know, I still had, I still believed it would work, but I just didn't want anything to do with it. And so for years, I decided to close that chapter in my life. It was my way of dealing with, dealing with the trauma and the emotional, um, you know, emotional outcome of what happened. So I didn't want to relive it. So I just shut that gift down. And while we're talking about this, if this gets too much to talk about, I 
you know, we can talk about it in a different way. Just you let me know. I don't want to, you know, talk about things that are overly painful for you about that. Um, when Reiki stopped working for her, how did you square that circle in your mind? Honestly, at that time, um, I was born and raised Roman Catholic, being from Massachusetts. Um, but at that time, it was the old church adage that it's God's will. Now, looking back over these years, I don't buy that. But at the time, I did. So I guess I've reconciled it in a way. Well, how do you think about it now? Now, if it were to happen again, I would not see it as God's will. I, I would see it more as, I, more, I guess, a little bit more scientific. I don't know. My left brain would kick in and, and yeah. try to say, well, we all have a certain number of heartbeats in our life and and, yeah. then, and then, you know, or some people believe, and I, I, some believe that we choose our destiny. We choose our mission, our life. Where I'm just a little confused, and I imagine you could help me here, is that the primary reason why you believe the belief is the effect, the positive effect Reiki had on your mom. And what we're saying is, is that there was an important time in her life where it wasn't working for her, yet you still believe the belief, sounds like at a seven, still mm -hmm. as confident mm -hmm. in the belief. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you believe in the belief? Or why I continued to believe in mm -hmm. the belief? Mm -hmm. Even after it stopped working? Yeah, because... You're telling me you believe in the belief because it worked, but then you're telling me it didn't work. And I want to know, how is it that you believe in the belief? And maybe we just haven't discovered the reason why you believe in the belief. Maybe there's another reason we haven't discussed, or maybe that is the reason. I don't know. I can't, I don't think I can put it into words. <clears throat> it was, um, it was just a nagging feeling. It was a, an intuitive, emotional, nagging feeling that that is what I'm supposed to do. So you feel that it works. It's like a calling. You know, people often say they have a calling in life, a mission. Right. right. You know, uh, some people call it finding your bliss, the thing that makes you, brings you the most happiness in life. And while doing that, that happiness, you know, I felt that happiness. When it wasn't working for my mother, of course, that wasn't there. Yeah. You know, it wasn't there. But did I question my belief in Reiki? I, at the time, I didn't even know what it was. All I knew is that whatever I was doing at, for a moment in time, it was working. Yeah. But so my belief was that I had the ability to somehow manifest healing in her. Yeah. When that stopped... Well, she wasn't there anymore, and I had no one else to continue to try to do that. I still, I still knew I could do it, but I did not want to any longer. So 
you did energy work with your mom and your belief that it is that it helped her very confidently. And when it stopped working as well, you were still fairly, you're still very confident that it worked. Why do you think it stopped working at that point? I think it was just her soul contract. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's like I said, you, is there something <laughs> that could have happened? Do you think at that time or even since that would lower your confidence in Reiki energy? Is there something that would show you, hey, maybe it's not Reiki, it's this or that, or, and it might not be. I'm just wondering right. how you think about it. Um, I'd have to say that it would be, it would be a bit difficult. Um, it sounds like early it. on, mm -hmm. early on, in my practice, you know, as far as professionally, yeah. professional goals, um, I have to admit, I want to say the confidence level drops, but you kind of take it, well, at least I do, and I did, a little personally when somebody says, you know, it doesn't work or yeah, they sure. come in, you know, they, or they don't want, they come in just for yeah. know, giggles, yeah. for a giggle factor. And it, at first, something you believe very strongly right, in, so and they're first, saying it's something that's not true. Right. And at first, yeah. you know, it kind of, Emotionally hurt a little bit. Yeah, sure. But I it now it now you know two years into it professionally, it doesn't bother me because I. And again, you know whatever it was, it might have been a figment of my imagination or a dream, but it wasn't a dream state. Um, I went through the, the the basis of the dream was trying to alter reality, trying to change reality, being impatient about changing things. Yeah, I wanted it now, right? Instead of waiting, like the time was supposed to happen, and then in the end, I just heard this voice that was floating in the blackness of space, and I heard a voice—a loud, booming male voice—but not ear piercing, but it was real loud, and it said, "Not everyone's meant to be healed. Mm -hmm. Not everything is meant to be changed." Right. And I woke up. So now, whenever I confront situations where people come in and nothing happens everything stays the same or they come in just for, for fun. That's always in the forefront of my mind. It's out of my control. Yeah. You know, it's not, I, like I tell everybody, I'm just a tool in the toolbox. One day I'll be a screwdriver. The other day I might be a hammer, but I'm not the one doing the work. And to be clear, I'm not telling you that it's not true. No, I understand. I want to know how you know what you know. Yeah. If Tommy is sitting next to you, and Tommy, let's say, I'm just going to think of some weird belief. Tommy believes in the power of healing jello, right? Mm -hmm. And Tommy believes by people eating jello, they get better. And he's had dreams about this. And he, people come to see him and he gives them jello and they eat it and they feel better. And, you know, he, he, he's very confident that. Jello works in, as a healing power. Mm -hmm. For this thought experiment, let's suppose that Jello doesn't heal people. Okay. He believes it very strongly. Mm -hmm. And he's noticed that when he gives people Jello over a certain period of time, that they do improve. It's a false belief. How would we be able to show Tommy? that his belief 
is not true. Is it though? Is it not true? How so? Tommy is giving the jello and people are being healed by eating the jello. So so is it I'm is telling it, you for the purposes of this thought experiment that it's not the jello. Let's say it's a placebo effect or people improve over time naturally, who knows. But for some somehow we know that it's not that eating sugared water in a gelatinous form doesn't help you. We just know that for sure. But he believes it. Would we be able to show him that, given how confident he believes it? Probably not. Not unless you had a way to, scientific way to show it to him. Probably not. So he has a very strong belief, very intense belief, and there's no way we could show him that it's not true if it's not true, and there's no way he could show himself it's not true if it's not true. Right, especially, especially sh showing himself that it's not true because from his perspective, he is seeing the positive outcomes. So it's reinforcing that belief that it is true. Now, I'm not equating eating jello with Reiki energy. What I'm asking is, is that, is, does the belief work the same in the sense that you have an intense belief about it and there wouldn't be a way to show you that it's incorrect if it was incorrect? Not saying if it's incorrect, but if it was, there's no way to know that. Is, it, is that what we're saying? Yes, because this, like any other field of what people quote-unquote call paranormal, cannot be proven scientifically at the, at the moment. Is it useful, do you think, to believe in something, anything, that can't be shown to be incorrect if it is incorrect? Because if it can't be shown to be incorrect, then how do we really know that it's true? It's... I, I think personally that it is beneficial to believe in something regardless of whether or not it can be proven to be correct or not. However, it depends on the outcomes of that belief. Is that belief producing beneficial positive outcomes individually or in society? Or is it being destructive, producing destructive elements? Because you can have beliefs and hold them to be very true, mm -hmm. but yet the outcome of those beliefs can be very devastating. Does the outcome of the beliefs, how does that relate to whether that belief is true? For example, let's say I believe that there are stacks of gold bullion in my closet in there, and I haven't checked, but... I haven't opened the door, but I really believe that, that there are stacks of gold bullion. It makes me feel better, and because it makes me feel better, I'm much, more, I'm much nicer to people, and I give to charities more because I believe I have more money than I, than I do. It's, the belief has a positive effect, but the belief isn't true. Correct. So how does the effect relate to whether something is true? It doesn't in my opinion. So you tell me that the belief that you're confident 
you tell me that you are confident in the belief at the level of a seven. And I'm really trying to find out how you know what you know. How do you feel so confidently about it? Because it seems like that there are obviously reasons why you feel confidently about it. It's simply because of subjective evidence that I have seen through my practice. The outcomes that I've seen, where there are more beneficial positive outcomes that have occurred versus nothing happening. And that reinforces my belief that, yes, it works. Now, if Tommy says that same thing you say about, let's say, Jell-O, mm-hmm. what do we think about Tommy's belief? It's a very strong personal belief. Is it true? I can't judge it. Nor can you or anyone else. We cannot judge another individual's personal truth, what they believe to be true. Are we not in a position to evaluate whether beliefs have a reliable reason behind them or not, do you think? To believe in them? To understand the beliefs? In other words, what you're saying is to understand by the the other person's belief system? Well, what if I said... I only wanted to believe in things where there is a reliable or healthy level of evidence for that belief being true. And the more amazing the claim for that belief, the more evidence I would require. That's what Carl Sagan said. What do you think about that? (laughs) Extraordinary, was it? Carl extraordinary Sagan's beliefs require extraordinary, extraordinary level of evidence. That's what do you right. think? Of, what do you think about? Hmm. I say that's how a skeptic thinks. That's that's that would be my definition of a skeptic. And sometimes there's nothing you can do to convince a skeptic to see or understand your belief. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that's you know people. People of that mindset, unless it, in my opinion, if it's not something that is, if there's not a scientific methodology that can be used to evaluate the belief and mm-hmm. prove that it is true, yeah, or if it's not something that the skeptic or person experiences themselves and changes their opinion of the belief, then it's going to be very difficult to to prove. That one, Tommy's belief that he believes so hard, you know, intensely on, is true to you know, universally to everyone or anyone else besides him. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like it matters to you whether Tommy believes in your belief or whether I would believe in your belief or whether anyone believes in your belief because you know it, you feel it. You've experienced it to be true, and it doesn't sound like that there's not much could come along to show you otherwise at this point. Correct. And the fact that my belief does no harm to anyone else. Do you think we could have a situation where, and not 
necessarily Reiki energy, but where we have two people and they believe two opposing things very strongly to the point where nobody could show them otherwise, that their belief is not true, mm-hmm. that those two, two beliefs could run up against each other somehow and cause problems. Don't we see that in the world all the time? Yeah. Right. Isn't that how wars are started? Yeah. So do you think then that, again, not talking about Reiki energy, but thinking about how you think or believe about Reiki energy, that when we have these intense beliefs that can't be shown otherwise, that that could cause a problem with any belief or with any situation? Maybe? In general, I think historically we have seen where that has happened. Um, you look at look at the Middle East. Look at Israel and Palestine. Yeah. Both right. both harbor very strong religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And they butt heads and Yeah, and with the orthodoxy of both of both religions, religions and they launch launch against each other and cause them problems. And I would imagine with the orthodoxy of both groups, you couldn't, there wouldn't probably, possibly be a way you could show them that their beliefs were incorrect if they were incorrect. So we yeah, were... It would probably take an extraordinary individual yeah. to do that. Yeah. You know, someone who can... Yeah, I, believe, I mean, there have been some of those in the world that have lived, but it's few and far between. Well, could you see the value then of not believing a belief unless that belief could be shown to be false if it was false? For the sake of not being causing confrontation? Well, given what we're talking about, how beliefs can be destructive in the world in this way, Mm -hmm. do you see the value of only believing in beliefs where that belief could be shown to be false if it was false. false. I'm not saying you're going to do that, but could you see the, the value of approaching beliefs that way? I can see the value of it. However, I think it would be a very sad existence. If one only, because in my opinion, if you are shown evidence that the belief is true or not true, then it ceases to be a belief. How, how, do, you, how do you mean? A belief is a Belief is kind of, I forget what the definition is, but I, I view it as faith or and things that are unseen and unproven. And by faith, what do we mean? I guess I, to, I, guess I can use the word interchangeably. That, that belief or faith is like, faith is a belief. Faith is having a belief in something, in my opinion. Okay. So a belief is really, you know, it, it stems from something that is unprovable 
or unseeable. Are you? Because once you can prove it, then it becomes a fact. It's no longer a belief. Do you think we should believe in things that we don't have evidence for that thing being true? Again, if it, if it is harmless, then yes. But if the but if the belief is produces confrontation and is harmful, then I would say no. Yeah, because. And I think that relates to the beginning when we talked. I asked you how strongly you believe the belief, and you said a seven. And then I asked you, how important is it for you to believe in true things? And you said a three. Right. That's That you really, really believe it. But I don't care if it's true. But you don't care if it's true. You really think it's true, but you don't care whether it is true. Proven true. Proven true. Mm-hmm. But you really care about it, but you don't care whether it is true or whether it's proven true. Well, from our conversation, it seems like the quest is to whether or not it can be proven true. You don't care whether it's it can be proven true. You just know that it is true. Personally. Gotcha. Mm-hmm personally right right because you know that bush here to me looks green Mm -hmm. that's my truth but with your eye receptors you might look at it and see it as yellow in the case of the bush do you think both of us regardless how we perceive the bush could we agree that there's a universal objective truth maybe that there, there is, is a bush. A bush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That there is a bush. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of what color our eyes perceive it. Or is what belief. Is energy the bush or how we perceived the color of the bush? I'd say it's the bush. Yeah. It's the bush. Um, I think the difference lies in... The difference lies in the, again, the individual, whether they accept it or not, is the color of the bush. Gotcha. You know. Right. Where those that accept it could be green and those that don't accept it could be yellow. They're just a variance. Right. But the overall thing is that the, the Reiki attunements, the energy, the energy itself, the universal life force energy, as it's called, is the bush. And the people as well. How could we find out whether Reiki energy is the bush or whether I'm perceiving the bush, the color of the bush, as Reiki energy? You know what I mean? Whether there's the subjective experience Mm -hmm. of the bush, which I'm thinking is Reiki energy, or whether... I see the objective reality of what that is. That's a, let me do a different question. (laughs) 
That's convoluted. <laughs> let me put. Let me, let me ask a different question. If I didn't want to believe in Reiki energy, mm-hmm. would that be a reliable way to not believe in Reiki energy? For yourself, yes. If I believed, I'm not saying this is the case, but if I believed, just as a thought experiment, that Reiki energy is not real in an objective reality sense, mm-hmm. I really believe it. And I'm not saying I bet that's what I believe, but I'm just right. saying that. Right. I didn't believe it. And I didn't believe it because of personal experience. And I didn't believe it for some other reasons, maybe. Would you say that that's a reliable reason for me not to believe in Reiki energy? I would say yes, because it's just 180 degrees opposite of someone who has the experiences and truly believes and seeing the outcomes. So, so you, you would be, you would be, yeah, it would be reliable, you know, a reliable way. No, I don't know if it'd be a reliable way for you not to believe, but since you don't believe, then those are characteristics of your non-belief. Because you haven't gone through the experience, you haven't felt it, you haven't sensed it, you haven't done that. Whereas somebody who does, has experienced the changes, has seen the manifestations, has felt the energies. Right, right. So, you're at, you know, you're at 180 degrees. Right. That's, each other. Yes, and I'm purposely choosing a belief, in this case, that's the polar opposite of right. Reiki energy. Right. And you're telling me, for me not to believe in Reiki energy, that's a... Personal experience of it not working in my life is a reliable way to know that Reiki energy doesn't exist universally. And you're saying to experience it is a reliable way to know what it's like universally. I I wouldn't use the word universally. Oh, okay. I would say personally. Well, because I can't, I know it exists because I sense it. But, but if I, I have say no that way. I know it doesn't exist because I've sensed that it doesn't. You sense nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still don't think it would be. Are our beliefs on even footing? I would say so. I'm sorry, say so, but in opposite direction. You know, uh, opposite directions. Because you can have this. Uh, one individual can have the same hardcore disbelief in something. Yeah. And the other person can have a hardcore belief in in the opposite. Right. Does that mean that either one is wrong? Does it mean either one is correct? Well, in this case, and I chose the polar opposite, it would seem to me in a universal objective sense that both couldn't be true. Either Reiki energy is something that's real and it works and it helps people. And there's something called life force energy that does this or there's not. Mm -hmm. And it would appear to me that both couldn't be simultaneously true. Wow. Okay, go ahead. Ah, well, what about the double slit experiment? Go on. Photons exist as a particle and a wave and they Mm -hmm. both exist simultaneously. So you're telling, true, so you're telling me that 
Reiki energy in a universal sense can be both true and not true at the same time. Depending on perspectives, yeah. In my chicken example... In other words, mm -hmm. so let me rephrase that question. When you're talking about Reiki energy, are you talking about the universal life force energy or just the practice of it? Well, um, both, I think. I mean, I think we're talking about a universal life force energy that has a helpful, helpful mm -hmm. effect on humans. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. Well, that, that, goes, that goes back to the argument of ages. <laughs> Every religion on this planet has been trying to prove that God exists. And so, or whatever they may call yeah. the creator. But you're telling me that it could both exist and not exist. I think you're trying to, no? I'm just really trying to understand what you're Yeah, I'm trying to understand yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> not to understand and not to know because there's plenty of things that because, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't like to say I know things that I don't know when right. I'm talking. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I'm trying to answer it without being subjective. Yeah. Trying to answer that question from an objective standpoint. Yeah. I'm really getting more a sense of how you see the world. And thank you. I get a sense of how you believe the things that you believe. For you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that it's truly on a personal experience, how you feel about things, and much less on the, an objective universal sense about the belief. It's whether you personally believe it. I would say that's, that's probably a, a good interpretation of it. Back in the day, years ago, I would say it would probably be different than that. Yeah. I would require that scientific, scientific knowledge and scientific evidence right. to support my belief in one thing or another. Can beliefs cause reality, or do reality cause beliefs? Hmm. Good question. I would say beliefs cause reality. Because, well, I go off the deep end again, but some, some researchers now are saying that we live in a holographic universe, that, mm -hmm. that this is just a hologram, computer generated something in somebody's thought processes. Right. And so we've also, scientists have shown, you know, we kept going back again, that our thoughts impact our physiology so it's creating the reality within our own bodies of whether we are healthy or diseased, whether we're happy or not. It's our belief. If we have a belief in something, if you believe in something that brings you joy, then that creates a different reality, personal reality. If I believe to my bones that there's an even number of chickens in my backyard, could I somehow make that happen? regardless of how many chickens there are in my backyard? 
Possibly. Eventually, eventually. I mean, if you want to look at it scientifically, the universe got created when atoms collided together and enough of them started to form matter and and things like that. So eventually, with time, it will happen. Because nothing is impossible. It happens in the universe. Yeah, so you're saying that there could be an even number of chickens or odd number of chickens, and it could depend on when, really, it all depends on when we count them or some other factors. You mentioned the double slit experiment. Mm -hmm. And when I hear that, the way I interpret that is that everything can be true or everything is true. I, I would say, part of me would say yes, but then part of me keeps wanting to go back to saying that it's personal beliefs, you know, personal truths. There, I think, like I said, initially when we started, I think it's a truth is personal to individuals. Your truth and my truth and, you know, the beliefs and our truths could be different from each other. But now when you're saying personal truth, like what you know to be true, what you intuitively know to be true. But I think what we're discussing is not what I believe to be true. I think what we're discussing is what is the true, regardless of what I believe. Mm. Can we answer that question? Can we? If you and I didn't exist in this world, Mm -hmm. I presume you would believe that Reiki energy is still a thing, that it wouldn't really matter to our state of existence, right? We would actually be one with it. So it wouldn't. That, our belief, what we think about it, our opinion about it wouldn't matter. It would still just be. Yeah. It would still be. And And I think that's where I really am trying to understand how you know what you know. And I'm not trying to give you you know, weird questions and things like that. I I really am trying to, you believe this belief so strongly at a seven and you're telling me that it's an objective truth, but it's a truth that can't be shown to be false if it was false. And I really want to know how you know what you know. Because even... What's happened, what happened, very unfortunately, with the end of your mom's life, that didn't change your belief in it. And so I want to know how you know what you know, right? (laughs) Right. I don't know if I can explain it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. That's a fair fair thing to say. Yeah. I totally understand where you're coming from. I don't know that I can explain it. Yeah. Okay. I mean... 
it's like I said, a few years, a few years back, I would probably say, you know, it has to be, it's got to be scientifically proven. It has to be, have to have the data. But now it's just. What changed in your mind about that, that you saw things, you saw the world one way and then all of a sudden you saw the world another way? What changed in your life? It was just an awakening that happened. There was no event. It just no. Happened. It just happened. It was just a realization that we're all puppets. We're all puppets controlled by some puppet master, and I was to refuse to be a puppet any longer. Mm. And so, just opened my mind and started realizing, seeing the controls and things, mechanisms are in place, and like, and realized that we everything is one. We are all one, one, one. You know, energy source. Yeah. Or pieces of one energy source, yeah. as it is. So it's like, and that's when I realized that I don't, you know, it's okay with me. If I, can, if I don't have the answers, that's fine. If you didn't believe in Reiki energy, again, mm -hmm. strict hypothetical, because we know that's not going to be the case. But if you didn't, would your life change? Would you be any different, you think? Or maybe yeah. you'd be the same person. I don't yeah. know. No. I'd probably be more service to self than others. So you'd be more selfish. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a way that makes you more selfless to other people. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. I truly do. Because there seems to be a positive effect on the belief for you. Right. It also makes me more understanding of others. Yeah. As well, where they're coming from, as right. far as emotionally and and you know physically, because a lot of what I do is just sitting around listening to people. Right after the, the session is done, they just love to to uh, talk and get things off their chest. Yeah, you know, and that's part of the healing process too. So, sure, but yeah, I I think I would be a much more self centered individual <laughs> if it wasn't for my practice. Yeah, how do you? Think this conversation went. I enjoyed it. Good. I enjoyed it. Good. I like to have these conversations because I really find that these are conversations we generally don't have with other people too often of the time. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me, and I think you agreed with me earlier, that this that we live in a time where we can have diametrically opposed views, beliefs, a lot of us, and it seems to be getting us into trouble. And my thought is that through this, the power of conversation through us talking, that that might be one of the only ways we can overcome this. That there might be other ways, but I'm not sure what they are. That could very well be the key. Yeah. Yeah. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.